this is part of the reason that everyone's getting so confused is that we have so many voices on the internet and I try to tell people that you need to cancel out all of the noise and stop being so focused on like, this one thing is bad and this is good and whatever. Just come back to, is it real food? And let that be your guiding force. And then from there, once you kind of have that baseline, then you can start paying attention to how certain foods make you feel. I hate when we get so caught up in this, like, oh, there's too many calories or this is saturated fat. And this is, you know, it's just, we make it too confusing. This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. Oh my gosh. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Confident Collective Podcast. It's Christina and Rayanne. We're so happy that you're here. Um, Christina, how's it going? Oh my gosh. It's going really, really well. Um, I had such a fun weekend. We went to a wedding, the first wedding I've been to in three years. That's crazy. No, you've been to another wedding. I swear to God. Have I? I might have. At least least two years. I haven't been to a wedding like since the pandemic. Damn. Yeah. So anyway, it was just so fun. Like I love celebrating love. Like it just. Weddings are a good time. Weddings are a really good time. It looked gorgeous. Yes. And we're going to New York. So I've just been busy, busy, busy. Well, I have one really important question. Did Steve get a reading from the woman at the apartment? He did not get a reading yet. And I just asked him about it. He's like, she said, could we do it Saturday, but we won't be here. So they're going to have to do it more back. And I'm like, Steve, you need to tell her that she needs to do it before. He's like, I can't like, I can't. She said she was going to be available Saturday. I was like, but you need to tell her. See, this is like the thing when it comes to urgency. I was like, this is an urgent matter. You yeah, we think like, it's urgent. We think it's urgent. So anyways, he His hasn't. dad is trying to communicate to him. I was like, see, what if it's really important? He's like, has like something he needs to tell you that's like timely. Is the light still flashing? Mm-hmm. Fuck. Dude, anyways, Steve's dad's trying to get through. I know, I know. Oh my God. That's stressing me out. Okay. That was the main topic. I really need to ask you about. I'm unfortunately, I don't have an update there for you, but, um, I'll let you know if anything changes, but I need to know all about stagecoach. Like, okay. We did a whole thing about Coachella for me. (laughs) Tell me your thoughts. Like, was it everything you wanted? Did it live up to the hype? Okay. Here are my thoughts around stagecoach. Mm -hmm. And this kind of will lead into my obsessed with topic. Okay. So, I thought stagecoach was so much fun. I loved, okay. If you're going to go to like, I mean, I can't speak to Coachella, but like we really did it right by staying somewhere that had a shuttle. Mm. It was just so easy. We just had general admission tickets. Like I just bought us general admission, like whatever. So we stayed at La Quinta and the shuttle, you can like take your drinks on the shuttle and they drop you off at the festival. And then, but the walk into the festival is still like 20 minutes to get, from the shuttle to into the festival. It's like 20 minutes. It's Mm -hmm. far, but it was just really convenient. Like I just wasn't like trying to find an Uber or like, it was just like, I know where our shuttle is super easy. And then you don't have to wait in parking for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. I think we still went a little too early, but it was just the lineup this year. Like I was actually more excited to see some of the earlier people than like the headliners. So by the time, like I kind of felt guilty, like, Saturday night we didn't even see Carrie Underwood she was a headliner because I was just like tired like I just didn't it's why do you feel guilty because I'm like well like I feel like I paid to like do this I should you know what I mean Mm -hmm. 
So anyway, I, I would say getting there around like five or six is great. Maybe like I would evolve. Yeah. Like even maybe a little later. I don't know. That's like when I went, I went to at yeah. 1030. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, I don't know. But then again, it is for me. I was like, well, I'm spending all this money. Like I wasn't like just give to the past. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I'm like, okay, I'm spending this money. Like I want to experience it, but it definitely takes like, I feel like now I would a hundred percent go again. Cause I kind of know like ooh, the lay of the land, because it's like, if you want to walk around and get a lay of the land, it's a, it's a lot. It's, it's like huge. huge. Yeah. And it's just like, whoa. So now I kind of know, got the lay of the land. So much fun. I was like, had in my mind this like vision of making like a funny TikTok of like, um, like all the hot cowboys there. And we, me and Missy, so I was like, Missy, every time you see a hot cowboy, just like film it. We just kept filming the same guy. We have like <laughs> 10 videos of this guy. Wait, I need to see it. He's so hot. Oh my God. We, so we just kept seeing him and we just kept videoing the same guy. And I'm, I'm like, dying. oh my God. But um, there was like, it was definitely, it wasn't like Yellowstone Cowboys. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. It was, it was definitely like Southern California, Los Angeles guys who bought Cowboy hats. Cowboy hats. <laughs> um, but I think this is going to lead into my obsessed with because one thing I'm working on as, and I think other girls who are single can relate to this when you're single, even if like, I love my life right now, like I have never been happier, love my life so much. When you go into these situations, there's always kind of in the back of your mind, and maybe I'm just psychotic or crazy, I don't know. I'm, there's always this like, oh, maybe I'm gonna meet someone. Maybe something's gonna happen. Like it's just with, with things like this, whether you're going to a concert or on a trip or whatever, mm -hmm. I just always have this in the back of my mind that maybe I'm gonna meet somebody. And when it doesn't happen, it's, it's kind of disappointing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just this, this thing about being single that I'm trying to work on is just, instead of having these expectations is just being open to whatever may come. You know what I mean? Like you, like being so less focused on trying to meet someone or be pursued by a man in these situations. Cause I've been thinking a lot about it because like I was a little, I, I called my mom. I said, mom, you're never going to believe it at a three day music festival, not one. Well, actually this one guy did hit on me, but I was like, no, there was no love prospects. Zero. I had zero prospects and she was just laughing at me, but, but I could understand how that would feel disappointing. It is. Yeah. I think it's just like kind of one of those things that you deal with when you're single. Yeah. I, I get that. Do you feel like it's more when it comes to like these bigger events or do you feel like you almost feel like that oh, consciously no. every time you go out. Oh my God, I could be going to the coffee shop yeah. and there's a cute guy. I'm like, mm, could be my husband. 100%. I get that. Like, it's just I always like kind of in the back like of my that head. Too, no matter what, I'm like, oh, the person sitting next to me on a plane might, I might marry. Yeah. Like, it could mm -hmm. be anything. Like, I could go to Trader Joe's and be buying the broccoli. 1000%. Do you think that is maybe because we grew up in the 90s and like early 2000s with all these like rom coms? Maybe. And Mary Kay and Ashley and people who define like the fact that like you could fall in love anywhere. Maybe, like, but, but, but I kind of truly believe it can happen. I mean, me too. Like I truly believe like I could meet someone anywhere. I guess it. And you can, 
I mean, I met Steve working as a cocktail waitress down exactly. the Jersey Shore. Exactly. So you absolutely can. I think it's just changing that mindset. Like if it doesn't happen, you're not disappointed exactly. over it. Yes. It's, it's, I'm, I, cause as I'm going to Europe, I'm kind of like in my mind, you know, as I don't want to admit it, like, I'm kind of like, whoa, the romance, like I want to have this like crazy romance, 1, right? 000%. But you know what? Like, I don't want to, if that doesn't happen, I don't want to have that takeaway from my trip in any way. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, gotta check but myself a little bit. Someone in Rome, your first destination who ends up following you to every other city. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be mad. It. We wouldn't be mad. All right, universe. I am open. I am open. I am a vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been thinking about this week. And that's been my obsessed with topic. It's just been on my mind. I'm like, I got to really be just open and not let these ex- expectations lead to disappointment. Totally. I feel that. Yeah. What have you been obsessing over this week? Okay. Well, this is pretty new, but over the past year or more than that, I've been making all these videos targeting Zara for how poorly their clothing fits. And like these videos have like almost a hundred million views on them. Like there's a lot of people seeing them. And anyway, so now Zara launched their first size inclusive collab with Good American. Yes. And I'm obsessed with it. I think it's super, super exciting. I haven't even seen it. I'm wearing it, dude. This is all it? Yes, the shirt, the, yeah, the whole outfit. Oh my god! I mean, it's like basics because it's like just denim and t-shirts. You know what I mean? It's not like. Okay, but it's in our size. But it's in our size and it goes up to a 5X. And I've talked wow. so much about how Are hard. Are the jeans, it, Zara? Yeah. About okay, how sorry, hard but- it is for me to find clothing that fits me. It's so hard and it's so frustrating. And I just feel like if brands like Zara become more inclusive, it would, I honestly feel like it would change the world. I really do because it would change people's confidence. Like think about like young 15 year old girls going shopping with their friends who cannot find their size in the mall. But now Zara carries up to a five X. Like oh, that's it would, huge. It would be a huge, huge change. So anyways, I'm really, really excited for it. And I just, I can't wait to see like how it expands and like where it grows. I'm just like manifesting that every single piece in Zara eventually will go up to a five X or however large. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm obsessed with. That's really exciting. I that's think that's super exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, girl, check it out. I bet it's all like sold out now. Probably. When did it launch? Today. They sent it to me. Oh, so that email wasn't a scam. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay, I gotta email them back. Yeah, email them back. Yeah, I'll email them back. I thought that was a scam for sure. I know. Anyway, Christine and I got an email from this weird email address and it was about Zara. And I was like, dude, that's a scam for sure. She's like, you didn't give them your address. I was like, you gave them your address. I was like, shit, I did. There were so many typos, but I think it's because it's a Spanish company. I know. Okay, I'll email them. Anyways, anyways. Yeah, but you could probably just go to the mall. I'm sure they have it. I don't, I don't know if like our sizes would be the first to sell out. Maybe, maybe Maybe they would. I don't know. Um, Okay, well, my product for the week is... The Living Proof Dry Shampoo. Mm -hmm. I have been using this advanced clean dry shampoo for a few months now. And it is the best. Okay. I can't, it's, I can't even compare it. Like I was using Batiste before and I do think it's good, but honestly, it's like nothing compares. Okay. I, I, you need to show me how you use it because I have it too. And it just doesn't work for me. Okay. The key is you need to do it as prevention. Mm. so if I wash my hair I don't do it like that I do it my hair is greasy no, as fuck no so and I'm like why isn't this shit working no yep so as so if I wash my hair I'll use it like my hair gets pretty greasy pretty quickly I've got like fine straight hair mm-hmm. so if I'll wash my hair in the morning whatever I'll put a little in my roots before I go to bed and oh, really wow. work it in okay? okay next day not greasy 
if I'm going to work out, I put it in before my workout, mm-hmm. work it in, massage it in, like you're shampooing your hair. Okay. And then I'll even put in a little after my workout. Um, which is, but it's cause if you try and use it on hair, that's already really greasy. It's doesn't, it's not as great. It's about getting ahead of it. Okay. Well that's great. Cause I was not using it the correct way then. Yeah. That's how I use it. It and works for no, me really it's well. It's like not white, right? Um, it doesn't leave like a white residue. But like even when you spray it on your head, it's not white. It's not like super white powdery and like think, some of the other ones. And I think that is what I'm used to when it comes to dry shampoos, which is part of the reason I was like, maybe this isn't working for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because my bottle is affected, but I'm just using it completely wrong. Well, I don't think it's wrong, but I think that the, the, this is how, try and see. I will, I will, I'm going to. That's how it works for me. I got to get ahead of the grease. Okay, I, I actually really think that's like a great tip because too little, too late sometimes. Too you know little, what I mean? too late, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. What are you, what's your product this okay. week? I am obsessed with Biosance's squalene and enzyme body scrub. Oh, I've tried that. Okay. I just love Biosance in general. I love their squalene. Their squalene. And they're all their oils. The rose was, oil. Yes. And just even like their plain squalene. I just love oils and I just love the line so much. It's like clean, non-toxic. Um, and I just find their products to be really effective. So now they have this body scrub that is so beautiful and so luxurious. It's also made with sugar, so you can make it as rough or as gentle as you want just by adding water and it like literally melts into your skin. I also do a lot Mm. of self tanner and tanning and like, you know, you have to exfoliate when you're tanning. So I use it so much. Um, and I just think it's so, I love it. Like I love the way it makes my skin feel and on top of it. So it comes in like a squeeze tube versus a tub and a lot of body scrubs come in tubs, which I personally don't love because I just feel like in the shower, I'm like, it's water in it. Yeah. It gets water and I'm digging my fingers in there. I like long nails. I'm like, this isn't what I want. This is a squeeze tube. And I've had other squeeze tube body scrubs that the scrub just gets like stuck in there. It's not great. The consistency of this one is so nice and it's just really, really effective. And like a little bit goes a long way too. Okay. I'm sold. I'm going to try it. Yeah, you should. It's really great. Sold. All right. Okay. Well, today I'm very excited about this episode. Me too. We have on our friend Courtney Swan. Okay. She's like, I always refer to her as my LA like wellness girly. She's just in on, she is in the know. She knows it. On the wellness. Okay. So she is an integrative nutritionist with an MS of science and nutrition and integrative health. She is the host of the real foodology podcast where she talks to doctors, food experts, health professionals to make all of these topics around health and wellness less complicated so we can better take care of our bodies um, and just make this information more digestible and easy to easier for us to navigate because it can be really overwhelming for sure she's also a close friend of mine and has taught me like so much when it comes to health and wellness and what i like about what i really really appreciate about her is she's so open and judgment free um because some of these topics like when it comes to diet or what you're putting on your body it kind of can be like a little bit sensitive and she's super open and judgment free. Um, whatever we talk about. And I always like joked her. I'm like, you know what? The one thing that's never leaving my house is the candles. I'll be burning the toxic, whatever it through my candles till the day I die. But anyway, that's my tangent. Um, so let's just get into it. We're really excited to talk to Courtney. Um, she gives really tangible tips. So I think you are going to love this episode. All right, let's get into it. Okay, everyone, we are so excited to welcome our friend Courtney to the podcast. How are you? Good. How are you girls doing? 
We're great. We're so good. But we're, I, my mind is blown. We were just talking before we started that Christina and Courtney actually haven't met in person. No. And, and Ray is always like, oh yeah, Courtney, Courtney, Courtney. And I'm like, yeah, I like, I know Courtney, but like, I think that you, you literally had no idea <laughs> no, no, that we no. never met. I literally thought we've like hung out. No, no. I'm, I'm so excited. First of all, one, just become friends. And two, for like you to share your wealth of knowledge on all things wellness. Yeah. I always call you my LA wellness girly. She does. Yes. I'm like, what would Courtney do is what I'm like. I'm like, oh, sunflower oil. Oh my gosh. I feel like you should make that into a bracelet. What What would would Courtney Courtney do? do? (laughs) I love this. I want to make some merch now. Yeah. 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 You should. Seriously. Um, okay. So as I was like trying to, cause I've wanted to have you on the podcast, you have your own amazing podcast where you talk to so many incredible experts in the areas of health and wellness. I was like, there's just so much we can cover, but I was like, okay, I want to kind of talk about it. Like how I ask you questions when we're together. So thinking about women who are like in, you know, our age range, twenties and thirties who are really looking to kind of take their health and wellness to the next level, but aren't really that knowledgeable. Like me, I look to someone like you, I would love to hear like your five tips and it could be anything like in any category of wellness, but what you're seeing right now, where we are in our lives, like what is important, like five tips for women to amp up their wellness. I love this question. I think that it's really important that we get back to the basics. Um, I think we've really overcomplicated health in many ways. We've made it really confusing. So I like to just go back to the basics and make it really simple. Like these are so simple that people listening may roll their eyes, but I can't tell you how making these little shifts, how powerful it has been in my own life. I would say first and foremost, prioritize sleep. We're busy. We're all so busy. Mm -hmm. I know Ray, you're super busy. Feels like we can't, there's not enough hours in the day, but I can't tell you the difference that it has made in my life that I started having a hard stop at like 6 PM. I was like, I don't care no more work. And then I'm going to prioritize some time for myself. Cause before like people listening that don't know anything about me at all, I would work until like 10 PM and just completely burn myself out and then try to get up the next day and focus on work again. So I cannot stress this enough, prioritizing your sleep and making sure that you get at least seven to like nine hours. That is ideal because then it will help you with the next day. Okay. But what if you're one of those people like me, like the past three nights I was up I literally just brought my laptop to bed and closed my laptop at 1130 PM and then got up at 6 AM. So like, what are some of your tips to like wind down and to like maybe like refocus so you can prioritize sleep? Cause I think that sounds amazing and we all want seven to eight hours, but sometimes like that's just so hard for people. And especially if you're working late, like how it's hard for you to like wind down and get out of like that routine. Oh, it's so hard. Like, I will tell you guys, this is very new to me, actually. So I used to travel for work for like 10 years and my schedule was all over the place. Like I was basically just, I had trained my body to allow me to get sleep literally whenever I could. Cause one night I'd go to bed at 2 AM another night, it would be, you know, 11 PM, whatever it was, it was all over the place, but I have slowly over time just started to pick up little habits that have helped me unwind one thing that I'm sure people have been hearing a lot lately is if you can try to get off your computer and your phone at least an hour before bed, because the blue light that you get from your computer actually messes with your melatonin production. And if you're, it's basically signaling to your brain that you're awake and we don't need to produce melatonin and melatonin is what actually helps you to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So if you can get into a routine where you're like, like, let's say you want to be in bed by 1130, 
1030, you're like, okay, computer's getting plugged in. Whatever I thought that I needed to finish today is just going to have to wait until tomorrow. And trust me, I get it. I'm the queen of this. Like I used to be up till like 1am working and to say that I never do that anymore would be lying, but I have really made it a priority that I plug in my phone. I plug in my computer like an hour before bed. And I'm just like, Nope, I'm going to focus on other things. Another thing that really helps is dimming your lights down a little bit. Cause that will also help with the melatonin production and then create a little ritual around like whatever you love to do before bed. Let's say that, um, you love to read or maybe you can journal before bed, like whatever it is, reframe it as like, this is maybe an hour just for you. Maybe you have like a really intensive skincare routine that you can focus on things that you're just like, this is for me. And this is my time. And the world doesn't get access to me anymore. My emails don't have access to me. Like this is me. And that will help you kind of unwind and get ready for bed. And I think like one thing that really helped me was like letting go of this BS of like being busy is so glorified. It's like, Oh, if you're not up fucking grinding and working, I'm like, "Mm, no, I am going to sleep. And one thing that actually you told me about Courtney was the aura ring. I'm telling you, Christina, I, now that you said to sleep, you need to get it because I'm like in a competition with myself to make sure to get my sleep score. Yes. Cause you get like a sleep score and it's like, I'm like, Oh, like it's like makes me want to get really good sleep. And it's really interesting to see like the data behind it of like why you may be feeling like oh wait I actually didn't get great sleep or I did when I thought I didn't anyway I I, that's a great point yes that helped me a lot because the same thing for me it turned it into a competition and then now I'm like oh I gotta get that good score it really (laughs) does like help it really helps but I think like yeah also learning about human design and like me being a projector which if you haven't listened to our human design episode you can go back and listen just realizing like I will if I don't do that extra hour of work when I'm like fucking tired and exhausted from 1030 to 1130, I'll do it better and more productively and more with a clearer head tomorrow mm-hmm. is kind of yes. how I tell myself. Yeah. Well, Same. I actually really like that tip of like, if you know you want to be asleep by like 10 or 11, like choose to wind down an hour before, because for me, something that really works is like giving myself like timestamps and yeah. I'm like, okay, if I know I need to be in bed by 11 and like my cutoff work time is 10, then I feel like I will actually work quicker and more effectively as opposed to like working. And then like also maybe scrolling, working, maybe scrolling. So like having like that deadline of like when you know your bedtime is and like when you know you need to shut down, I think I'm excited to put that into practice. Yay. <laughs> Good. Okay. So tip one, prioritizing sleep. sleep. Yeah. Love so it. that would be one. And then this one is also a no brainer. Eat real food and drink water. I will say I have a really hard time drinking water. I'm one of those rare people that actually doesn't really like water very much. So I add a little bit of salt and lemon and it actually Mm. makes it taste delicious. And then I actually want to drink the water. And then what I said about eating real food, we, I think we don't really realize unless if you start paying attention, how different our food landscape has changed even in the last like five years, but really comparatively, like if you look at the way that our grandparents ate compared to now, we're eating so much more out of packages and mm-hmm. it's a lot of food and fillers and preservatives that we don't recognize. Our body definitely doesn't recognize it as food. So prioritizing, just getting back to eating like whole real foods. And we can break that down after we go through the rest of tips. If you guys want me to go more into to it. Well, well I, I have a question real quick when you're talking about packages, because, and I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but I always question this when I'm like food shopping, is it better or worse to buy food that's in plastic bags? Like, does that make a difference at all? Like for instance, like for Trader Joe's versus Whole Foods, right? Like Whole Foods will have like the broccoli on the shelf, like with the water spritz, but like Trader Joe's will have like cut up in like the bag in the plastic bag. 
And it's still like the only ingredient is broccoli, but I'm just wondering from like a health perspective, is there actually a difference or no? Yeah, actually, this is a really great, great question. So this is a part of a very multifaceted um, reason why we're, we're dealing with so much chronic disease is plastic has chemicals in it. The one that people know most notably is BPA, but there's also a lot of, a lot of other chemicals that are in plastic that when it gets heated, it leaches into the food, the drink, whatever is in there. So to give you the short answer, yes, I will say that it's more so when it's heated. So if it's like cold case stuff, like the broccoli or whatever, it's not going to be as affected as if you were getting like plastic water bottles are actually really um, bad for this. I'm sure everyone listening knows that taste of a water bottle that's been rolling around in the back of your car for like a day where it tastes like plastic. Mm. That's literally the chemicals being leached out because it's been heated up in the sun in your car. And even if you're buying a plastic water bottle that's in, you know, a 7-Eleven like a uh, fridge or whatever, it still traveled on the back of a truck to get there. So it was still probably getting heated up at the time and then cooled down later when it goes in the fridge. So Yes, you do want to be more mindful, but I also want to make this accessible for people. And I know it's not realistic that you're, you're never going to be able to buy anything in plastic again, but if you can make those little steps to just buy the broccoli and, um, not cut up and in the plastic, do it. So cut where you can, and then just also relinquish some of the control and be like, you know, I can only control so much. Mm -hmm. No, but I think that's really helpful to know that like it be plastic being heated makes a big difference because like I'll buy yes. the broccoli in the bag, but then I'll cut, like open the bag and like steam it instead. So just knowing like that little switch is helpful yeah, through my, my mind. Yes. And I always tell people this, do not ever, ever heat up your food in plastic. Like all of those, um, you know, the frozen dinners come in plastic containers. I it's to be honest, I really don't eat any of that kind of stuff anymore. But when I did, and I was aware of the plastic, I would take it out of the container and I would either bake it like in my oven in glass. I actually don't own an, a microwave anymore, but when I did, then I would microwave it in glass. So like, it's very, very important. A lot of people will take leftovers to work and they'll heat it up in yeah. Tupperware. Do not do that. Get glastic or glass, glastic, glastic. It's a new thing. <laughs> glastic. <laughs> We're creating a trend. Get glass containers if you're going to heat up your food in it. Uh, well, one one swip swip. Oh my gosh, what's happening to us? <laughs> one swap that we actually talked about that I need to make is we have water delivered um, yes. here because, like in LA, I'm not using like a Brita. I have it delivered through this like water company, and it's in plastic. And I was having it sit out on my back patio, mm. and it would get warm. Obviously, out there, it's just sitting yeah. in the out there in the plastic. So we're switching to glass. Um, and let me explain before we go, um, any further, because it really helps for people to understand why, like, yeah, cause that will help you understand like really why you want to avoid it anyway. So, um, when you heat up plastic and those chemicals leach into our water, it's disrupting our endocrine system. So basically these chemicals are messing with our own hormones. Um, it's either creating, creating like a rise in estrogen in the body. Um, there's so many different things that are happening right now. There's actually a woman who I had on my podcast, uh, last year, her name is Dr. Shana, Shana Swan. And she wrote a whole book about this, where we are seeing, um, rises in infertility in both men and women, because these chemicals are having such an effect on our endocrine systems and our endocrine wow. systems are what produce our hormones that it is leading to infertility, cancers, autoimmune disorders, thyroid issues, like the whole gamut. So this is why you want to avoid these chemicals in your food and water. Okay. Damn. Well, while yeah. we're on this, can you break down? I know you're like, we can come back, but let's just, well, we're just going to yeah. stick to this second tip. So can you break down a little bit more 
what you were saying earlier when we were talking about consuming real raw food, real food. Yeah. So in the most basic way, um, it just means eating foods in their whole real form, you know, so foods that were given to us by nature. One of my rules is if it was once alive, then it's fair game. Cause you can apply that to plants, animals, um, but also want to recognize that we're busy. We live in the modern world to say that I never buy anything out of a package would be lying. Um, so the way that I navigate that is, uh, there's a lot of amazing companies that are making better for you packaged foods now, because before, um, it really was like, just stay away from anything that was in a package, like in a bag or a box, but there are companies that are doing better now. So what I tell people is when you're at the grocery store, look at that ingredient label if you could technically buy every single one of those ingredients on that label and make it at home, then you can buy that product. You don't Mm. have to buy all those and and make it at home. But if you are looking at the back and you're like, Oh yeah, like I know where to get um, olive oil and flour and whatever. If you recognize all those ingredients and you don't have to Google them, that box or package is fair game where we start getting into the territory of the highly palatable processed foods that you really want to avoid is when you're looking at the back and you're like, I don't even know where I would buy TBHQ, which is a preservative <laughs> that's put in set where you're right. just like, where like, the what fuck is, is that? And what yeah, language like, is this? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is this English? Like, what is this? So that's where you want to start putting that back on the shelf and looking for a better alternative. And we live in a great time where Um, there's companies that are making like Doritos and stuff out of cleaner ingredients. And now we can make those better choices. Do you use any apps to help, um, look at packaging or anything that you could recommend to people who are maybe like grocery shopping and like want quick, easy access to like be able to scan and be like, wait, is this healthy for my family or no? You know what? I do know that there's an app, but I can't remember the name of it. So I'll send it to you guys later. If you want to add it in the show notes or like talk about it in your intro. Um, but yeah, I believe there is actually a couple where you can scan it and it will tell you, I know there's a great resource called, um, ewg.org. It's the environmental working group. And actually this is a little bit of a tangent, but they have an amazing database where you can go and plug in all of your beauty products and they'll Mm -hmm. tell you like if they're safe and clean or if they have all the like toxic ingredients. And I believe they do have some shopping guides in there too. So I would start there and then I can send you guys like an actual app. And I also have this app called Yuka that my um, friend suggested like my, we have a group chat about it and it pretty much like scans labels too and tells you like what additives are in it. It tells you like, like the caloric information also tells you like fat. The only thing I will say is like a lot of times they'll rate things like as bad for you. And then like we had this package of dried okra, which is like super healthy. There's like no additives. It's like literally just dried okra. And I think like a little bit of salt and it rated it bad for you because of like the saturated fat and calories, but it's like actually not, it's like actually like a healthier snack. Do you know what I mean? So you have to like do your own due diligence and like research on it and see like what's best for you. But Yuka is the app that I personally use. And if you have another one, we'll share it too. I want to say something about that because this is part of the reason that everyone's getting so confused is that we have so many voices on the internet and depending on what diet you follow, they're going to, you know, say kale, like there's a guy that I follow. that's like, he keeps saying kale is bullshit or this is bullshit or this is bad for you. And this is good for you. I try to tell people that you need to cancel out all of the noise and stop being so focused on like, this one thing is bad and this is good and whatever. Just come back to, is it real food and -hmm. apply what I just said and let that be your guiding force. And then from there, once you kind of have that baseline, then you can start paying attention to how certain foods make you feel. Mm Because for example, for me, 
I'm gluten-free and I can't eat gluten because I have an actual allergy to it. My body doesn't respond well to wheat. But if I was just to tell everyone to avoid gluten, well, if it's not affecting you, then that's fine. Then you can keep eating it. But if you just take that general baseline of saying, is this real food? Was it like grown in, you know, in nature and comes from nature It's in its whole real form, then it's fine. And Mm -hmm. then from there, you can start figuring out if you have like certain allergies or like gluten makes you feel bloated and and inflamed. And then that's kind of where you can use that to navigate. I hate when we get so caught up in this, like, oh, there's too many calories or this is saturated fat. And this is, you know, it's just, we make it too confusing. Totally. I agree. Well, I think for me, what the switch happened, like that we are not taught which is like, I'm kind of still like at the beginning of this. And I think like, I always remember these like hundred calorie packs that my mom would buy. (laughs) And it's like, oh, it's a hundred calories. It's a hundred calories. And I only was taught to think about the calories and not the actual nutrition that is bringing to, that is being brought to my body. Right. So I was like, oh, it's only hundred. Like I can eat this. It's only hundred calories, but it's like, wait, but what if I had a hundred calories of something that's actually giving nutritional value. So it's just so interesting to me, like how fucked up, like the, the messaging around that is. And we, that's a whole other conversation. But for me, it is, it's been a huge help just to focus on like, okay. Yeah. I remember one trainer was like, Oh, we shouldn't be eating bananas. There's a lot. And I'm like, and I'm like, there's so many carbs in those bananas. And I'm like, Oh my God. And that like stuck with me for so long. And now I'm like, Oh my God, I just want to eat a fucking banana. Let me eat a banana. Eat a banana. It is crazy. Like when you think about like Weight Watchers and stuff like that, that is literally what Weight Weight Watchers is all about. It's like, you could eat a brownie, like if you want, cause it's just like this amount of points, but like, wait, maybe you can Mm. eat like a piece of grilled chicken that has the same calories. Like those are not equal. Yeah. Like those are not yes. equal for your body. It's so crazy. Anyways, tangent. Well, no, but I love this. And, and, um, I want to reframe it for people when you're, if you're still thinking in that way, let's say that you have, uh, one of those little like hundred calorie pack Oreos, you know, bags in front of you. And then you have a bag of almonds and there's hundred calories, hundred calories in the Oreos, but there's 200 calories in the almonds. You have to think about the longevity of it these almonds have all these vital nutrients like vitamins and minerals in there. There's also really good, high quality fat in there. So it's going to keep you fuller for longer. So yes, even though you are eating more calories, you're probably in the long run going to end up eating less. And look, it is not all about calories at all. It is about the quality of the food and how it's actually going to fuel your cells. And if you start thinking about it from that standpoint, you will probably ultimately over time, end up eating less because you're more satisfied, but then you don't feel deprived because if you're going to eat those hundred calorie Oreos, you're going to get a sugar crash and then you're just going to crave more sugar or complex carbohydrates. And then you're just going to binge on something else. Yeah. Yeah. Can relate 1000%. We can relate. Um, Okay. What's tip number three? Yes. Okay. So this one is, so get outside in the sun. I want to recognize that not everyone is as lucky as we are to live in Southern California. We have sun all year round. So people that are living in places where they don't get sun all the time, then I would recommend uh, supplementing vitamin D. Vitamin D is, it's actually a hormone and our body synthesizes it from the sun. It's really good for our immune system. It's really good for boosting your mood. It's why everyone's so happy in California because we're always getting sunshine. Yeah, baby. And it actually charges your mitochondria and your mitochondria are think about them. Like they're literally the battery of the cell. So it like helps with your energy. And there's this common misconception that we need to be just slathering ourselves in sunscreen all the time. And the sun has really been vilified, but the sun actually gives us vitality. So I tell everyone, you obviously don't want to burn. So don't, you know, go out on a boat all day and then come home like a crispy fried (laughs) potato. 
like be mindful of it. But, um, I've actually gotten to a point now where I can be in the sun for like an hour or two and I don't burn at all. Cause once you burn, that's not good for you. But so you want at least like 20 minutes of sunlight a day on your skin without any sunscreen on. I always put sunscreen on my face just cause it's a lot more delicate. And yeah, so I'd say get vitamin D. Oh, and I would tack on to that. It's kind of the same as if you can, and you have access to this, get out in nature, even if it's like 10 minutes, like a walk around your neighborhood, mm-hmm. if you have an access to a hike, um, go put your feet on the ground in the grass. Again, like I said, it seems so like basic, but just that, um, that getting out inside and getting in nature, it, it does wonders for your nervous system. It really calms you down. It grounds you. It brings you back to earth. And that really helps with your mental health and your mental health is a very huge component of your overall health. hundred percent. I think this sun tip will scare people because yeah. when I first it. heard, yeah, when I first heard it, I was like, <gasps> no. I was like, I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. So I, can you share just as people are listening, because we are taught so much about like sun protection. I have, I used to not even like, I would like stay in the shade. Like, and I have (laughs) friends who literally will not go in the sun. And I told one of my friends that I've been doing 20 minutes out in the sunshine. Still, I wear sunscreen on my face every day, but I've been going on my patio and doing 20 minutes in the sunshine on like my body. I love it. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, I don't know, Rianne. I don't know. So can you give us like the science or like this, whatever knowledge that you have to back this, to give people a little bit more information on this? Because I think this is one where people are going to be a little hesitant. Yeah. And I totally get that. And something to ease uh, people into this, there's an app called D minder. So as in like vitamin D minder. And what's cool about it is you can put in your location, wherever you are in the world, Um, and then it'll ask you like, how much clothes do you have on? It'll ask like just general things. I think it maybe asks for your weight, like just so that it gets kind of an idea of you as an individual and where you are, um, in relation to the sun. And it will give you a timer and it will tell you exactly how much time you can stay in the sun without getting burned Mm. because burning is what's bad for you. Just access to sunlight on your skin. We absolutely need it. Just going back to a very basic, um, think about like animals. Like if anyone listening has a cat or a dog, have you ever noticed that whenever there's sun shining through the window, your dog is always laying in that point. Yes, Mm -hmm. It's very biological, like for all of us to, um, need that energy from the sun. And there's actually, um, there's a study done again. I'll have to send this to you guys later because I want people to be able to reference it, but they actually found that people who work inside indoors all day under fluorescent lights are actually getting, um, there's more cases of skin cancer there than people that are working out in the fields, like in farms all day under the sun, which is really wild because we're not, we're and actually, and this is really going to throw some people for a loop. Um, in most conventional sunscreens, unless, unless if you're using a non-toxic one, that's just like zinc oxide, there are ingredients in there called benzenes that actually, when they, um, hit the sun, the UV rays cause cancer. Mm. And this is not a conspiracy. There was a massive recall on sunscreens, like Neutrogena. Yeah. I remember that like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually the recall just happened like oh. this year, but people started talking about it, but they made this, they had this massive recall because they found that this one ingredient in like, I don't know the exact percentage, but well over like 90% of sunscreens on the market was they actually contribute to cancer. Whoa. Yeah. That's so crazy. I mean, real quick, when you're talking about like the people who are working inside versus like working on the farm, do you think it's because they're building a tolerance, like when you're outside to the sun or is it because also fluorescent lighting can cause cancer? 
You know, I don't know, but I do think that it has more to do with building up a tolerance. This is why I mentioned that app. Cause I really like it. Cause it helps you build up your own tolerance. Cause think about it when, um, when we tan, that's just your body producing melanocytes that actually is, it has a protective barrier mm-hmm. to the sun. Mm-hmm. And so, like I mentioned earlier, I don't burn anymore. Like if I'm in the sun for an hour or two, I just get tan and that's it. Like I don't get red at all. And it's when you get burnt is when it's a problem. So I want to be very clear for everyone listening. I'm not saying go like sit on the sun yeah. and get burned, you know? And if you're really, really sensitive to the sun, um, you can slowly build your tolerance up. I've had so many people write me on Instagram and they said, you know, I couldn't even go out in the sun for more than 20 minutes without getting burned. And what you can do is go and sit in the sun for three minutes and then move it to five and then move it to 10. And, and there's actually also some studies that are showing that, um, if you have a really high level of omega sixes in your body, and a lot of Americans do because we eat a lot of canola oil, a lot of seed oils, like sunflower oil, the higher of omega sixes that you have in your body, the more likely you are to burn. Mm. So I will say that as I cleaned up my diet, which sounds crazy, um, I don't really burn anymore. Interesting. Okay. Well, okay. And, and there are, and I will tell people for people listening, there are scientific studies to back this up. Like I said, I can definitely send you guys a couple of people want to see them in the show. Yeah, notes. We'll put it in the show notes, but it is, I cannot stress this enough. Getting in the sun every day, completely drastically changed my mood and just my overall health. No, I can. I mean, just based on how, how I've been implementing it, I completely agree. And I think it's like so important and I'm it's been very interesting to like learn about this stuff. So that's why I love talking to you. Um, okay. Tip number four. Okay. This one is going to be hard for some people reduce your sugar intake. Mm -hmm. Now I, I always like to tell people start with the foods that you maybe didn't even know that had sugar in there. This is what really helped me. Uh, I was a massive sugar addict when I was younger. Like I could not go a day without a bag of like sour gummy worms. My favorite was peanut butter M&Ms. Like, so I've been there. This is not like passing judgment on anyone. Sugar is really addictive. And what has happened is that we have slowly over time added more and more sugar to all of our foods because it makes it very highly palatable and addictive. It makes food taste good. And then also there was a So I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So there was a Harvard study that was done in the seventies. And what they found is that sugar is actually what contributes to heart disease, but the sugar industry got wind of this. They paid these scientists off to say that it was fat and then cue the low fat movement. And what did we do when we took fat out of food, which creates, uh, it makes food taste better. We added more sugar. Mm. So this is really kind of where all of this started. And we have not been able to turn this around. We keep adding sugar back in and, this is not like a conspiracy theory. NPR wrote a piece on this a couple of years ago because they found all the documents that showed them paying these Harvard scientists off. So this is like a very well-known thing and people are starting to wake up to this, but let me bring it back to making it accessible for people. Start paying attention to all the things that have sugar in there that don't really need it. Like your nut butters, your plant-based milks, um, look for yo. There's a lot of yogurt companies that are now doing low, lower sugar, Yogurt's a big one because we market yogurt as being super healthy. And, you know, we say it's good for your gut flora and all this stuff, but even the organic brands, like I'll go to the grocery store and I'll turn it around. And one little tiny thing of yogurt will have like 20 grams of sugar in it. Mm. That's absurd. Mm -hmm. So start paying attention to those little things. Salad dressings is another one that gets people. Yeah. I was going to say, I saw salad dressings and ketchup 
And I feel like yes. that I use, I love, I'm a little, I love ketchup. Would you switch it for me too? I use the primal kitchen, sugar-free ketchup. And mm-hmm. it, at first, yeah. when I first made the switch, I was like, I was like, this tastes so bad. I was like, nasty. But then I actually, now I love, I love the taste of it. Like I love it better than when I go, if I'm at a restaurant, I have like regular ketchup. Like I actually, it it tastes so sweet. Whereas now I prefer the other one, which is so crazy. I never thought I would say that. Okay. What about foods that, cause what you're talking about is like foods that have like added sugar, not foods that necessarily like break down into turn into sugar. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is another thing to be mindful of too. And I always tell people, um, when you're having, so carbohydrates, for example, do convert into glucose in the body, which is sugar, um, dress your carbohydrates is what I say. So you want to add a good, healthy fat on there, whether it's, um, add butter to your rice or put peanut butter on your bread or add butter on your bread. So start thinking about from a perspective of if you're going to have maybe a more carbohydrate rich meal or snack, just add like add avocado, add salmon, add a good healthy fat and maybe a little bit of protein. And what that does is it helps reduce just this like straight shot of sugar to your bloodstream. It helps slow it down. It will also keep you fuller for longer. When you add that good, healthy fat, we were taught to be so scared of fat that people are on these low fat diets. I think more people now are aware that we shouldn't be, but don't be scared of fat. It actually can be a great tool to help you with your health, to be fuller for longer and more Mm -hmm. satisfied. Okay. Also another question when it comes to sugars, right? Like I love this green juice from air one, the heavenly greens that has like a lot of sugar in it, but it's not added sugar. So is that like kind of like the same sort of thing or like, what are your thoughts on juices like that? Okay. I feel bad because I'm going to like burst your bubble a little bit here. No, it's okay. I want, I want my bubble burst if it needs to be. (laughs) Wait, because that's the one I drink too. Really? (laughs) So this is what I always tell people. Eat your fruit. Don't drink your fruit. Mm -hmm. Because what I was just talking about dressing your carbohydrates, when you eat fruit in its natural state. So like when you eat an apple, for example, you also get fiber and fiber is going to help slow down that hit of blood to your, or sorry, sugar to your bloodstream. But if you're just drinking straight juice, there's no fiber in there to stop that. And what happens is that it's going to cause your insulin to rise and then you're going to crash. And then you're just going to crave more sugar. And it creates this vicious cycle of you're constantly chasing that the carbohydrate or the quick fix of the sugar. Okay. This is really, really interesting to me, especially as a mom who like now has a toddler who's starting to eat food because we were at a party and like, there was like a bunch of like these honest, like fruit juices and like Nicholas has never had juice before. Um, and we gave him a juice and he loved it. <laughs> His eyes go like He this. loved it. And he was know, like, I'm on a sugar high mama. And I was like, why, like, why does he need juice? Like I'm someone like, I love water and that like, that's pretty much all I drink, but like, I drink a lot of it. So I'm okay with it. So it was interesting to see him like love this juice. And then it's like, Oh, like wait, like kids are always told to have juice. Like you, you think of kids like, and they have like juice packets. So I'll give Nicholas, like, I'll get him like an Erwan juice. Sometimes I'm like, if you're going to have a juice, it's going to be from Erwan. But now I'm like, okay, like, I guess I shouldn't be doing that either. Yeah. I mean, and, and I want to be careful here because again, I try to make this, um, I try to meet people where they, where they are. I think it's not realistic when you have kids to say that never give them juice. Cause they're going to go to birthday parties and at school right. and, and you don't want, you also don't want to completely deprive them, but I would say on a consistent basis, yeah, just give him water because the thing, 
the, the amazing thing about having a really young kid is that you have this opportunity to really train his palate totally and his body to crave these really amazing, nutritious, healthy meals. And you are fully in control right now of what goes in his body outside of when he's at school or so why, when they're that young, start them on all this really sugary stuff, you know, like, and again, like you want this balance. Like I said, you don't want to feel like you're depriving him, but when you have the choice between like water or juice, don't just give them juice because you've been told that it's like, Oh, this is really good. And this is really healthy for them. A better option would be then to make a smoothie, mm-hmm. you know, cause then you still have the fiber in there. Cause you blend in the fiber and then you can add, you know, some like coconut yogurt or almond butter or whatever totally. it is to like make it more mm-hmm. nutritious. Okay. I like that tip. Amazing. Okay. What are we, are we on the fifth tip? I think so. Tip number five, lay it on us. And then this one is also like a no brainer, duh, move your body. And I will say like, I think we get so caught up in, well, I'll speak for myself. When I started getting into health and fitness and all this stuff, For the longest time, I was like, if I'm not breaking a sweat, doing these insane workouts where I burn like 500 calories, it doesn't count. And this doesn't matter. And I got myself to a place where I was completely burnt out. Mm -hmm. I completely burnt out my adrenals. It really affected my hormones. Um, and, and there's something to be said too, about when you are constantly pumping out those endorphins and the cortisol, and you're really stressing your body, you can actually be really hindering yourself because those hormones are going to cause an imbalance in your body. And I will say for me personally, it like fucked me up. Um, I was doing like sometimes two soul cycle classes a day. I was doing soul cycle, like six Damn, days a girl. week. It was insane. That would fuck so, anybody up. Holy shit. <laughs> dude, it was so incredibly unhealthy, like so unhealthy. And then, you know, and I look back and I'm like, no wonder I was like an anxious mess and I was bloated all the time because my body was pumping out all this excess cortisol. Like I just was not in uh, like a good state. I was not even in a good place. And the irony of that is that I was like chasing something that I could never get until I finally relaxed into myself. And now all I do is hike. So I want to tell people just move your body, find something that you love. Don't feel like you have to force yourself through these like hit workouts, these intense workouts. Don't feel like you have to just completely break a sweat all the time. My main go-to is I go for hikes, um, or I just walk on the beach or sometimes I'll just literally walk around my neighborhood with my dog. And this is another really important component that women do not hear enough. We are on a different cycle of hormones every single week. Whereas men are just on this 24 cycle where they just like their testosterone rises in the morning, their melatonin goes at night and they're consistent across the board for a month for women. If we are ramping up and about to start our period, we're way more exhausted. It's yeah. so much harder to like push yourself through a workout and do this really enti- high intensity workout. So listen to your body and start tracking your cycle and be mindful of those times where you need to be a little bit more relaxed. That's when you do the yoga or the Pilates or walk around your neighborhood or you just like, you don't do anything that day and that's okay too. And then on the times where, you know, you're ovulating and you have more energy, Turkey, I'm like, what are you barking at buddy? Then you can do the more like high intensity workouts if you have the energy for it. But I think it's so important for women to learn to listen to their bodies and those energy levels and not just push through because some trainers told you like, you got to go hard all the time every day. Do you, uh, I feel like we always talk so much about hormones when it comes to like health and like also tracking your cycle. Do you have any tips on like how to like check your hormones and like figure out if like everything's in line and also like track your cycle? Because I feel like 
people are like, oh, that's where people get really overwhelmed, including myself. Oh, I get it. I mean, it is, you know, I will say I was overwhelmed and um, nervous about it for the longest time because we really do women a disservice. We don't teach women at all about our cycles. Nothing. I mean, it's right. It's so fucked up. Like it took me until like, I didn't even learn until my thirties. Well, one that we can only get pregnant in a window of like five <laughs> to six days out of the month. It's I just like, learned what? I just learned that from you, like literally <laughs> like a year ago. Yes. But like, it's not a testament to like you and like, that's or whatever. Like we shouldn't be ashamed of that. It's fucked up that we're not taught that when we're kids. Yeah. Yes. We should have known that when we got our periods. And so what, what I do to track my cycle is there's an amazing app called natural cycles. And what's cool about natural cycles is that they are, what's the term? It's not, um, it's like FDA approved as a birth control app, I believe oh. I'll have to look that up, but they, but they are recognized through the FDA as a viable form of birth control. If you use it in the correct way, in the correct way is what you do is you have a thermometer and you put it under your tongue every single morning before you get out of bed. This is really important. Like before you, you know, yeah, I just the covers off, move out. I just started and I've already fucked it up two days, but anyway, <laughs> yes, you have to do it yeah. while you're laying in bed before you even hit your snooze. Like you got to do it right exactly. away. Yeah. Yeah. And so you record that temperature and then you put that temperature in the app and it'll take a couple months for the app to really start to understand your body. But what happens is over time, and you have that consistent data, the app will start telling you whether or not you're fertile. And there's, like I said, there's only like, there's like a five to six day window on average that you can get pregnant. Cause that's when you're fertile. And then also sperm can stay in there for a couple of days afterwards. So that's something to be mindful of. But what's cool about this app is that you'll, as it learns your body, then, you know, you'll get up in the morning and it'll be like, you're not fertile. Like you're good to go. Or if you're fertile and you're in the red day, then that's when you need to either just not have sex or wear a condom or just like be smart about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you can't, you, you can't use the app if you are on hormonal birth control, yeah. you have to be off hormonal birth control. Okay. So yes. that helps track like your hormones when, if like you're trying to get pregnant or trying or yeah. making sure you're not getting pregnant um, and using it as a form of birth control. But what about like tracking your hormones just to make sure that like everything's in line? Like, is there anything that you could recommend for that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of different ways of doing it. Um, you can go to your doctor and just ask for a full hormonal panel mm -hmm. and they'll look at, you know, your estrogen, your progesterone, uh, your cortisol, they'll look at all of that. Um, and that will give you a good picture of just, it'll be, it's like a snapshot of in the moment of where your hormones are, but because our hormones are constantly, it's like a roller coaster, right? Where they're going up and down throughout the day, even throughout the week, depending on if we're close to our cycle, if we're ovulating, they're going to be at different points, depending on where you're, you are in your cycle. So another way you can do that. And this is what I did a couple of years ago. I was really dealing with a lot of hormonal imbalance. You can do a saliva test. And this one is prolonged through a couple of weeks, actually. And what you do is um, every day you give a sample of your saliva at different times in the day. So like one morning, it'd be like right when you get up at like 7 a.m. Another time it'll take it at like 12 p.m. And you have this like whole collection over a couple of weeks. I think they've actually shortened that now. I think you can do it for sure. When I did it, this was like five years ago or something. It was a lot. It was like three or four weeks. And then you send all that in and they give you a graph and they show you exactly like where your hormones are like throughout the entire month. And it will give you a better picture of what's going on. But if people are overwhelmed, I would just start with just go to your doctor and just ask for a basic hormone panel. And that will give you a lot of insight and in where to start. The saliva test you were just talking about, is that also through your doctor or is that a specific company you used? So there is, um, I need to look up the name of the lab that I did that through, which again, I'll have to send that to you guys afterwards. 
it, there is a kit that you can just like order online and send in. I did it through my doctor because I wanted to be able to go through it all with them and right. understand what was going on. But yeah, yeah, you can technically do it through company. And you know what? There's actually a lot of really amazing. There's like Everly Well right. and um, there's another health, one that I'm right? blanking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do parsley. Yeah. So there's a lot of those like at home kits that you can also start out with. Yeah. There, and you can do the little finger prick. So that's another one is just do the little finger prick, which will also be like the hormone panel. And it will give you an insight as to kind of where your hormones are. As I'm postpartum now, and like, it's been over a year. I'm like, that is something I, I wish I did a long time ago. And I like still want to figure out. Cause I feel like hormones are so mis. I just don't understand them. And they like yeah. affect every single part of your body and your mind mm-hmm. um, and your mood and just, they're just so important. So I feel like we all need to like get our homo- hormones checked out. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm on that journey right now. I am full on the going off hormonal birth control journey. Yikes. Anyway, that's a whole other how's episode. That, how's that going? Um, it's, I mean, it's been fine so far. Um, but I'm, I'm actually going to a doctor that you recommended on Friday to kind of come up with a plan. And I actually ordered this book called after the pill, um, which I ha- someone, one of you recommended to me, um, one of our listeners, um, that kind of gives you like a plan of like how to balance your hormones after going off hormonal birth control. So those are the two things I'm doing. Amazing. I'm also doing acupuncture because I've read a lot about like how some acupuncture can help. I don't know, Courtney, yeah. you probably know more than I do, but um, yeah, so it's going, I'll, I'll, I'll have to do an update um, for everybody as I'm more in it. Cause it's only been a week. So I don't yeah. know. I'm just really open. I don't, I don't, everyone was like, well, I've got back knee, horrible acne. My hair is falling out. I'm like, great. This is going to be great. Cool. Okay. okay. But you know what? Let's dive into that a little bit because so what, what happens normally for women is you have any sort of hormonal imbalance and your doctors, all right. They're like, all right, we're putting you on the pill. Let's go. This is going to balance you out. It does not balance you out. That is a complete lie. And the second you come off birth control, you're going to go back to where you were before you went on because it doesn't fix anything. It only, it's only a bandaid because what birth control is actually doing is it is just completely shutting off your own body's cycle and replacing it with synthetic hormones. So like when you have your period on the pill, that is what they call a pill bleed. It's not actually your period. So the, the problem is, is that we need to be addressing the root cause from day one. So you might experience some of that, because whatever you were experiencing before, but if you were experiencing any of that before, then maybe you'll go back to it. But if you weren't before, I wasn't, I didn't have anything before. So I'm kind of hoping, but yeah, then you should probably be fine. But I want to encourage people that if that happens, this is a great insight into your body and what's going on. And, And clearly there is some sort of imbalance there. So find a doctor. And I highly recommend if you can afford it, either an integrative or a functional medicine doctor that will work with you to get to the root cause, because then you'll be free. You don't have to take this hormonal birth control anymore. Mm -hmm. They can help you balance that out because it's your body telling you that something is out of balance and it needs to be brought back. And you can do that without hormonal birth control. And then you won't have to deal with it ever again. Yeah. No, I think that's so, so important. Um, and again, a whole, we could do a whole other episode on this, but yeah. Okay. Your tips were so great. Thank you so much, Courtney. We really appreciate it. I feel like we learned so much. This is, I love when we have episodes where it's like, okay, action items, Same. you know what I mean? Definitely. We love some action items over here. Um, okay. Well plug, pimp yourself out. Let us know where can everybody find you? Yes. So I have a weekly podcast. It comes out every Wednesday. It's called the real foodology podcast and it's on all major podcast platforms. And then I also have an Instagram where I talk about everything that we talked about today and so much more. 
And that is real foodology. I check all my DMS. So feel free to, to write me a message if you have any questions and yeah, that's where yeah. you can find me. I got to say, if you have any questions for Courtney, you DM every, like you literally spend time getting back to people. And I think that's so incredible. Like you really are a resource and here to like thank serve you. people and teach people. So we just appreciate everything that you do. So thank you so much. Thank you, thank Courtney. You. Thanks. And it is time for Ask Away with Ray and Kay. Ladies, just thinking about everything Ray shares about online dating as I'm swiping on Hinge, I just saw a prompt. What's your perfect last meal? And he answers, Wendy's Wendy's spicy chicken nuggets, large shake and fries. Great answer. 100% agree. As a size 14, I avoid any questions that include food just due to the concern that this person is going to think I'm unhealthy or judge me for being bigger. What is with this? Anyone else feel this? Dude, I no, feel no, this so, so hard. I have a passion to talk about this. Yes, okay. Same. No, this is like actually fucked up because I oh, feel like I, I so could not say. talk about food, especially in front of men, like my entire life almost, because it's like automatically, if you're not eating a salad, like they just assume you're unhealthy or think well, you're fat, well, or at least you put that in your head that you feel like other people feel like that way about you. When skinny girls joke about like, find me at the buffet, any party I'm by the buffet table, it's fucking cute and quirky. Or mm. if they're like eating pizza and like, on Instagram, shoving fries into their mouth. Right. It's like cute and quirky, but guess what? If a fat woman did that, People they would, would be, be harassed, harassed. Mm-hmm. and it fucking pisses me off. Same. It oh. really pisses me off. Yeah. So yeah. It's part to of answer the- your question, this happens. Yes. This is a thing. This is a thing. And it's like, it, it's really annoying. It's more than annoying. It, I'm like very passionate and riled up about it because I just, it's so fucking hypocritical that like for a skinny woman part of her personality can be how much she loves food and it be accepted totally. but then if a curvy woman is doing the same thing she's promoting obesity yes. and it's super unhealthy yeah so i don't have an answer for this question it's not really an ask away question but it's more of a topic but i think that like hopefully as we get more accepting that health because here's the thing i've had many close friends who are thin and are extremely unhealthy. Like they have serious health issues mm-hmm. be, and, and they honestly don't take care of themselves. But if you stood us next to each other and someone guessed who's healthier, I guarantee you everyone would say the skinny woman versus me. Right. Right. So it's like, as we start to break down that, like you cannot tell someone's health based on their size, we'll get away from this or based on like looking at them, looking at them. Yes. But I, uh, but I kind of truly think like we're very far from like it being like women. I don't know. I still feel like on, I still feel like I can't really, when it comes to men, that's a huge insecurity for me is being able to be like, Oh my gosh, I love food. Like this is what I want to eat. Like, and I don't know if it's my own internalized stuff that I'm projecting on them before I even give them a chance, but it's a huge insecurity of mine. That's super interesting. So like when you go out on dates, are you like conscious of what you're order, what you're ordering? I used to just not even eat on dates. Mm. I used to not even, even I, if you're going to a dinner. Oh, I want to do dinner dates. No, okay. this was like a year ago. I would be so self-conscious about what a man would think of me based on my size and what I would order. I would not do dinner dates. I would just do drinks, but now I'm a little bit more comfortable and I feel like I'm totally fine just like 
eating, but even like before the half marathon, my trainers came down to run it with me, Brian and Mike, and we were all going to dinner the night before. And I had like anxiety about it. Like eating in front of them. Eating in front of them. Cause you felt like they were going to be judging you. Yeah. Which they wouldn't. I mean, but they, they're like, they're always going to be like, Rand, are you having protein source? That's like their fucking job. But, um, yeah, I was like really self-conscious. Okay. So I, for some reason, really like, I guess I did get used to get self-conscious, but I'm trying to think on like dates. Like I know the first date I had with Steve, I don't remember what I ate, but like it first food was high for sure. But I think that the only way to like change this is to like talk about food and like not making it a big deal and to eat and like order. And like, that is a funny question that that guy said in that, that is a funny answer. The Wendy's thing. Like, I, I think it's okay to answer that too. And you have to like take the shame out of it. Yeah. I think exactly right. I think just being honest mm-hmm. and, and being a hundred percent you like say what your last meal would be, right. say what it would be. And don't, and, and don't take away their opportunity to have their own re- reaction. Exactly. 1, right. percent. You're I, projecting your insecurities on them and that's not fair to them too. You're just assuming how they'll react. Right. Right. I just lost my voice. <laughs> yeah, Christina just lost her all over What just happened? I have no fucking how idea. <laughs> that was scary. <laughs> Oh my God. We're just so passionate about this. So passionate. If Tinks can talk about how much she likes fucking crispy shrimp. (laughs) And prolon. And pro. Oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started. All right. See you next week. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com. And find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories. And don't forget to tag us.